This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Let's talk about the next generation of fantasy football at FanDuel. You select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses Opta stats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So, outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise. Every Premier League match day with FanDuel and just for Homestale radio listeners we've got an extra special offer right now when you sign up use the promo code PALACE that means if you don't make money in your first contest FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10 so go to FanDuel.co.uk and use the promo code PALACE to grab the offer now what are you waiting for? terms apply over 18s only please play responsibly Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk, the next generation of fantasy football. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast. I am your host, Terence Ford, and this week I am joined by Lucy White and a man making his first ever appearance on Homestyle Radio, Nick Philpott. Although considering that he is older than my mother, I'm sure that he hasn't filled a pot in some years now. As part of your essential build-up to the upcoming fixture against Everton on Friday night, we will be talking about our chances up at Goodison Park. We will be talking to Toffee Paul Riley, aka the Football Fat Man, hearing listeners' predictions, the panel's inevitably awful predictions, and finally, we will be remembering the classic match against Everton that you, the listeners, voted for on Twitter. Remember, you can and should subscribe to both of our podcasts by visiting holradio.net forward slash subscribe. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Yes, listeners, we are back in your ears again for some preview fun. This week, Lucy White, you know what it is, don't you? It's the Lucy White Derby. We call it that because of her ex-fella was a toffee. Does that add an extra bit of spice to the game for you, Luce? Yeah, I'd be smashing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to say anything else on top of that. Um, And we are also joined by Nick Philpott. Welcome to Homestyle Radio, Nick. Thank you, Terence. Hi, Lucy. Good evening, everyone. 
how excited were you when you got the opportunity to join the team, mate? It's, it's something I've been uh, I've been a fan of uh, Hull Radio for many years uh, since since it started. Really, I have been on the show once or twice on the live show, a couple of live phone-ins, and uh, it's just nice to be a part of the team. So thanks for your welcome. That was really good, Nick, but not quite the correct answer because, of course, the correct answer was, "Excuse me, I cannot smile in because I've got this job." This is a job I've waited many, many years for, and I'm absolutely <laughs> de- delighted that I'm now sitting in this privileged position of being I hope I don't say like that, though. <laughs> 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 poor, poor old Sam. Of course, the big news this week is that the England manager has been fired after just 67 days in the job, disgracing himself during a sting operation by undercover journalists. In the past, guys, if you could have disgraced one... Crystal Palace manager with an undercover sting of this sort, which one would it have been? Nick, I'll throw you in at the deep end, mate. If you could disgrace any former Palace manager, which one? Off the top of my head, I would say probably Alan Smith. Alan Pardew's press conference has come first time round or second time? Like uh, no, the first time round. Uh, we are talking like about a guy who is a multi-millionaire, <laughs> uh, allegedly a very successful so businessman. Sorry, I mean highlights. But was it all success and was it all legit? Who knows? Controversial, and of course, allegedly. Lucy, <laughs> what about you? Steve Bruce. <laughs> Steve Bruce. Great shout. Oh, but that would have been like. You would have, if you would have disgraced him, you would have disgraced him during that like memorable seven winning ga- seven games in a row. So, you, know, you would have gone for Bruce. For me, um, I obviously didn't see any games because I'm just a little bit too young. But I would have gone for Alan Mullery, the obvious choice. And I hate I hate the fact that Alan Mullery was manager when I was born. But um, right, we'll get we're going to get into the game. Um, obviously, I think. Before, just before then, we should touch on Alan Pardew and him potentially becoming England manager now that Sam Allardyce has gone. Um, when we were 2-0 down at Sunderland, he was 4-1 to one for the chop at Palace. He is now 4-1 to one to become the England manager. Lucy, do you think Pardew is in for a chance with a job? I personally don't want him to go. I... I don't think he would be the right choice as England manager, but maybe that's because uh, I don't want him to go. Um, what do you think? I, I personally don't think it's going to happen. Uh, what about you, Nick? No, I'm actually I'm agreeing with Lucy. I don't think he will go. Um, I think for the ego side of things, he would love to be considered, but whether he is ready yet, whether he's been successful enough as a club manager... I think it's un- highly unlikely. Having said that, we're not exactly uh, loaded with plenty of uh, high-name uh, personalities out there that could take the job. Um, I've, I've got one from left field, really. My personal favourite would be somebody like bringing Glenn Hoddle. I don't think he, I don't think he did that badly as an England manager. Uh, OK, a couple of off-the-field incidences, but nothing major. And I think Glenn Hoddle would be the, the perfect perfect person to take the job and if, if they want to put a younger manager in there uh, maybe give the guy at Bournemouth a, a chance and, and work with somebody like Glenn Hoddle oh, uh, I believe that Glenn Hoddle only works with Eileen Drury that was his faith healer's name wasn't it but no um, a good friend of mine and Palace fan Cole Davies is a big fan of Glenn Hoddle and his time and what he'd done with England um, and a lot of England fans are apparently um, took big steps towards uh, reuniting 
the England fans with the England team. So um, there are a lot of people who are of that opinion. Although if you're not an England fan uh, who travels to the games, I'm not sure you'd really get it. Um, we'll move on now to a little Pap Soiree update. Um, he posted on his Instagram earlier today. He said, it is with deep feeling of gratefulness that I wanted to take this opportunity to thank all and everyone for their support in this tough time. My family, professional family, my family of friends and my family of supporters and fans here and everywhere. Your prayers, messages, calls, pictures, banners and all other kinds of gestures are really touching and appreciated. It keeps me going. I will come back stronger for you guys, for us. And um, he then later posted a picture of him actually standing on his two feet. So um, that's obviously very, very good progress. Um, his cheek did look a little bit swollen around the, well, around his jaw area, obviously, but um, it's encouraging to see that he seems to be in good spirits and up and about. Right, let's move on to Friday night and um, we'll start with the lineups. Lucy. Does Zeki Fryers walk into the team now that he turned into the left-footed David Beckham up at the stadium alight? Mm. <laughs> why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you a million reasons why not, but go on. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. But give the lad a chance. You know, he's obviously he's obviously got the passion and wants to play. And he, he needs to prove himself. He needs to be given a chance. So I, I say, yeah, why not? Okay, um, Nick. Uh, I mean, Martin Kelly's pretty solid defensively, and you know he's getting a lot of praise for going forward. But um, you know that that ball from Fryers was a peach, wasn't it? That ball was amazing, and he's done. I think it's going to do wonders for his confidence as well. Um, I think Kelly will start. Okay, whether Fryers should get a chance is another issue. Do we know what on what the latest is on Dan? Because I did hear a little whisper that he was he was back training again. Yeah, well, I think um, what I hear is that Everton was probably going to be a little bit too soon, especially just to risk it for a hamstring. Um, of course, we'll hear more about that probably after we've recorded from uh, Pardew. But um, I think Dan's likely to miss out, which means that Kelly's was, uh, Kelly will still be available for selection at fullback. Of course, another one who had a little bit of a hamstring problem is Wilfred Zaha. Um, there's been there has been whispers about him potentially being ready. Um, he's, he walked straight back into the team, right, Nick? If he's fit? No, not necessarily. Uh, because think of the victory the other day. Who would he? Who's he going to replace? Is it going to be Punchin? Is it going to be Kabai? Because we know that uh, Partridge will probably go with Kabai um, because. You know, it is his, one of his favourites. Uh, will he come straight back into it? Like you just said with Dan, I don't think he'll risk Zaha either. Oh, interesting. Um, Lucy, what about for you? Does Zaha come in and replace anyone? Yeah, every time. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Zaha. Who, <who's, laughs> who specifically? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, other options. Um, I think I think the I think the obvious one will probably be uh, Joe Ledley. Um, I think mm. I understand your feelings, Lucy. It is Will Zaha. Um, so I think if anybody get, drops out, it'll be Ledley for Zaha. But like um, Ledley's had, I mean, yeah, he, he messed up a bit in the for the first goal um, against Sunderland, but he 
then went on to score a goal. So I don't know. I think he's. I don't. I don't think he deserved to be dropped. Yeah, I personally think that Joe Ledley's proving to be quite vital to what we do. Just having that nice foil uh, sitting in front of the back four, and. Yeah, um, and again, of course, he's coming back from injury. But again, Kabai just looked off the pace to me. He's, mm-hmm. um, his passing in the Sunderland game was the worst I've ever seen it from him in a Palace shirt. Um, gave the ball away a lot, by especially by his standards. Um, again, his tackling was, you know, it was late on everything. Again, he picked up another booking. Um, but as Nick alluded to, he's 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 boy, isn't he? And um, Pardew's going to stick him in there whenever. So for me, I would I'd take Kabai out and put Zaha back in and move Punchin more central. Again, uh, when Kabai went off the pitch, uh, Punchin moved into the centre against Sunderland. He once again started to look like he has this season. Very, very dangerous. Created the most chances in the Premier League last weekend by a whole three chances more than anybody else in the Premier League. So Punchin is clearly in the new formation effective. So... Um, It'll be interesting to see what Pardew does when it comes to Zaha, if he is indeed fit. Okay, so we obviously have to talk about a certain Yannick Velassi. Lucy, is is he going to come back and haunt us? Yes, probably. (laughs) (laughs) It would be just so palace that... um, Because he's been... He's not been rubbish, but he's... He's not been great. He's been typical Yannick. Um, and the Everton fans have sort of laid into him a little bit. So you can bet your life that the game on Friday, he's just going to come alive. I, I can just envisage that all of those times that he let fly from 35 yards <laughs> against yeah. us, well, for us, and it never went in. I can just see one cannoning in off the underside of the crossbar for an absolute weldy. Uh, Nick, does he worry you, or do you think uh, you know our defenders know all about him and might you know have a little bit of the inside line, uh, inside track on him? Yeah, of course he worries us a little bit, but I actually think it's the pressure is on him as opposed to uh, anybody else within the Palace team. You're right that our defenders know all about him, know all these tricks, okay? But I think he's under pressure purely and simply because. What Lucy just said, he knows he's already under the spotlight out there. It was a big transfer fee, a huge number, uh, and it's where I think it's weighing heavily on his back. All right, then. So, but going back to the selection that we said at left back, uh, are you comfortable with Zeki Fryer's plan against Balassi? Simply, no. It's got, <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be Martin Kelly. Um, if he's going if he's going to be, I mean, uh, I, I'm even concerned about uh, Lucy's favourite. Uh, Delaney in the back there, which, knowing, <laughs> you, knowing that he, he can easily swap sides and, and constantly does swap sides. So, uh, yeah, no, answer your question with Zeki Fry is definitely not. It's got to be Martin Kelly. Okay. Um, you know, with, with Yala, I, I, I still love everything that he done for us and so on, but I found it, I found it quite weirdly easy to let go. I know quite a few people haven't. Yeah. Um, uh, as well, Patrick most notably <laughs> of, the home, of the Homesdale Radio Parish. But um, you know, I've I really you know hope that you know he gives the fans a little clap and that's it, and we'll just sign it off there and then let him go on his way. And um, obviously, <laughs> he doesn't um, make a mockery of our full backs and score or set up 
Romelu Lukaku as is the more likely option. Right, we're going to move on now, and um, after a short jingle, we're going to be joined by Everton fan Paul Riley, aka the Football Fat Man. Homestyle Radio Freeview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk, the next generation of fantasy football. Right, we are now joined by Paul Riley, our Everton fan we're speaking to this week, aka at Football Fact Man. That's F-A-C-T, not Fat Man, as during the little break there, my um, fellow panellists were suggesting I was saying. That's probably something to do with my London accent. Paul, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. No worries. Um, Right, so you've got off to a pretty good start, but got off the ball a little bit in the last week. Um, How do you feel the start of the season's gone? Yeah, it's been really good up until this week, as you say. Uh, Sitting in fifth in the league with 13 points. And uh, it's been a breath of fresh air to see us back on form again. Not too worried about the League Cup stuff, but um, a few problems coming back in against Bournemouth um, the other day. But overall, pretty good. Hmm. I watched the... um, I only caught the second half against Sunderland and um, just watched you absolutely rip them apart. So um, that was very impressive. Uh, Although, saying that it was Sunderland, so who knows. Um... You've had uh, Ronald Koeman come in in the uh, off-season. Uh, what's, what's the main thing that he's been doing differently to Martinez? What's he's getting out of the players that Roberto couldn't? <laughs> well, they all look like they've met each other for a start, which is pretty <laughs> good. Um, it's just organisation, really. And there seems to be some kind of game plan, which has obviously gone out of the window somewhat with Martinez by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a bit of defensive structure. And we're doing all right up the other end as well. And we're trying to... I think he keeps talking about trying to get a pressing game going, which has been kind of hit and miss at the minute because we're not blessed with brains in our front four. So it's quite <laughs> fun to watch them try and all press at the same time together, uh, which is a bit of a problem against Bournemouth. Yeah. I've watched the first 20 minutes again this week and it was a bit keystone coppish. But yeah, yeah. just, just organisation and a bit of fitness, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think pressing is obviously an, an art and it can take uh, a lot of learning. Um, in the Sunderland game that I said I watched, uh, uh, Gay looks impressive in the centre of the park. Um, yeah. Best, best piece of transfer business? Or, well, we'll get into the obvious one after, but... Uh, <laughs> was yeah, that... we'll stick to the best piece first. And we'll probably... <laughs> so, yeah, Gay, he's been... Yeah, I mean, I mean all the fans love someone who... who puts a shift in, closes people down, loves a tackle, it gets the crowd going, doesn't it? So he's definitely been, uh, I think, overall the favourite for yeah. fans. And, um, yeah, he's just he's at £7 million. You can't really complain these days with the kind of money that's going round. So, yeah, he's been good. Could be this season's Kante, you never know. Um, I was impressed with his distribution as well, but never yeah, used I've been, the ball poorly. Yeah, I've been... Um, quite surprised by that actually I mean he's kind of come in and replaced McCarthy next to Barry and the, the general whinge about McCarthy is that it's all sideways and backwards passing and I thought that Guy would probably be more of the same but he's he's been okay I've been pleasantly surprised about that side of his game so far Right okay we'll move on to the obvious talking points uh, Yannick Balassi <laughs> um, how's he started? He's 
he's been a Balassi microcosm of his entire career. I mean, he started off really well. First few games, he was nice and direct, and he was laying chances on a plate, which were unfortunately missed. And he looked sharp. And then the last couple of games, he's he does this weird thing with he loves a drag over with his boot and then falling into three players at once. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. It was really frustrating. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously got the talent. It's about getting him out of him every week, isn't it? And for kind of £25 million or whatever it is that we spent on him, you really want the finished article. But he's he's always just short of that for me. But we'll see. New manager, new team. It might happen. I'm crossing my fingers. Well, what was interesting when he joined, I thought, was um, when he was talking about getting the ball in dangerous areas more and being able to take players on more than he was at Palace, where he perhaps had a bit more of a defensive responsibility. Yeah. Um, but again, in that second half of the Sunderland game that I saw, he looked um, looked like he was constantly getting the ball in the final third and causing problems. But uh, I think you're going to get that for the whole season. He's going to look amazing for a couple of games and then he'll do nothing for four or five games. And like you yeah. said, I think for the 25 million, you, um, you'd probably want a bit more of the finished article. Um, looking more at Palace, uh, who in our lineup uh, gives you gives you a worry? I just, you know what? I was just looking at uh, the thing about Everton and their good start is we've had a pretty good fixture list. It's been kind to us and Apart from Tottenham opening day, this is actually looking like our most tricky fixture today. And I'm not just saying that and being nice. Because <laughs> all the front four, well, I mean, you've got the front four are all pretty mobile. I was just looking. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On your right-hand side, you've got, you know, um, Zaha might play there, Townsend, Punchin. And with Baines is out at the moment and Williams is played left centre-back. And I just worry about our mobility against whoever you could have out there on that right-hand side. So if I was you, I would be testing them down there because that's Barry's area as well and he likes to trundle around. So if you can get us on our back foot down that right-hand side, I think that's where the danger is going to come from. 
Yeah, that would definitely be something we're aiming at. And I think it's something we've caused problems with the, with our last three visits to Goodison Park. Um, yeah. I think we've exploited well down the fond, fond memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember um, my favourite memory was McCarthy going to right back against Balassi and it just being yeah. an absolute disaster. <laughs> but, yeah. um, well, for you guys, of course. Um, right. All that's left now is for a little prediction. What do you think? Um, is it going to be full-time lucky for you guys against us? Or uh, do you think we're going to give you some problems again? Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a close game for me. Um, I'd be happy with a draw, to be honest with you. But I'd possibly predict 2-1 home win. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, okay, so now it's time for us to move on to the prediction section of the show. Uh, we always start with the listeners, because they're usually much better than we are. <laughs> um, right, we've got Carl at Darkest Jungle, has gone for 3-1 to Palace. Ben Teke to get a brace and Jason Punchin to score. Ryan Martin at Riggs Diggs thinks we'll grab one on the hour and hold out for a 1 0 win. Craig Arnold at CPFC underscore Craig has gone for 1 1. Ben Teke and Lukaku the scorers. Chris at Jagerbomb Chris thinks it will be 2 1 to Everton uh, based on what he's seen this season. Uh, my away days mate Ben Long at Ben James Long has gone for a 1 0 draw. Flying Hire Magazine co-editor Sam Heskiff at Ebject has suggested that Everton will win via a Yannick Balassi screamer, which is just generally upkeeping with his miserable temperament. Um, Joe Measure has gone for a 1-1 draw. And finally, I Am The J-Law has gone for 2-2 with Ben Seke to score twice and Lukaku and Klattenberg to score for the Toffees. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, before we move on to our predictions, guys, I'm going to hit you with some stats. Hey, listen here. It's the attack of the stats. It's the stat attacks. Right, this will be the 44th meeting between the two clubs. We've got 12 wins. We've lost 17 times, and 14 draws make up the rest. Uh, both teams' biggest wins are 6 0 Palace in the 1922 FA Cup, which was a, a huge upset at the time at Goodison Park. And Everton's revenge came nine years later in 1931 in the FA Cup at Selhurst. Um, last season, we drew 1-1 up at Goodison and we drew 0-0 at Selhurst. Um, Goodison Park one was um, very end-to-end. Hennessy made a blinding save. Um, if I remember rightly, Jed and Nat got yanked down and should have had a penalty. Um we have lost just once in the six games that we've played against Everton since we got back to the Premier League. However, this is where it gets slightly grim. As I just previously mentioned, Mark Klattenberg is the referee. And since we've returned to the Premier League, um, three draws and seven losses in the games that he has refereed. And of course, this will be the first time that he has officiated one of our games since his disastrous performance in the FA Cup final. Um, if you look further back to the 2004-05 season, Klattenberg refereed four games that year. We drew three of them and lost one. Anybody want to hazard a guess who the loss was against? It's too obvious, guys. It's Everton in Julian Spironi's home debut when he tried to dribble around Kevin Campbell. However, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Everton have lost their last four matches that Klattenberg has refereed. So, 
something certainly has to give. Nick, we have all been terrible at this. Not a single person has got a prediction right this season. <laughs> so Gel, Gel fouled last week on his debut on this show. This is your Homesdale Radio debut as a panellist. Can you right. show us all up and get it right? <laughs> well, let, obviously the heart goes for the Palace win. But having a look at both the teams, um, there's not an awful lot between them. We've got some great players between both sides. I honestly believe, and I actually agree, agree with one of the texters, Craig, uh, this is going to be a battle of the Belgian big boys, okay? So it's going to be Lukaku scoring one, and of course, our very own Benteke scoring one. It'll be a 1 1 draw, same as last season. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lucy, I mean, I'll certainly take a 1 1 draw, but what are you predicting? Um. I think it's going to be very close. I think it's going to be scrappy. I think Clattenburg's going to make it all about him, as per usual. <laughs> and I think the result will be nil-nil. Nil-nil. Okay, look. Last week, I said that James McArthur would score in a one-nil win. He <laughs> did score, so I'm, ta- I'm taking that as almost correct. Um, so um, this time I'm going to say that James McCarthy will score again in a 2-2 draw. Uh, ben Teke will score the other goal and we can never keep out Lukaku. And I will say, I'll, I'll go Lukaku too. I'm not giving one to Yannick. So <laughs> there we go. Those are our predictions, which are inevitably incorrect. Um Right, after this short bit of classic commentary, we'll be moving on to our classic match feature. And we, this week, you guys voted for the Zenith Data Systems Cup final win against Everton back in the 1990-91 season. An enormous smile on the face of Jeff Thomas as he receives the big Zenith Data Silver Cup. It's got red and blue ribbons on it. And Jeff Thomas lifts the cup and the flashbulb pop in Wembley. So... It was Sunday, the 7th of April at Wembley Stadium. Crystal Palace had beaten Bristol Rovers 2-1. Brighton get in 2-0. Luton 3-1 in the area semi-final. And in the area final, after a 1-1 draw uh, against Norwich, Palace won the second leg 2-0 to progress to the final. Um, That day... In goal for Palace was Nigel Martin and the rest of the lineup read John Humphrey, Richard Shaw, Andy Gray, Eric Young, Andy Thorne, John Salako, Jeff Thomas, Mark Bright, Ian Wright, and a certain Adam Pardew. It's a who's who of Palace history right there. For Everton, it was Southall, McDonald, Hinchcliffe, Keown, Watson, Milligan, Washika, McCall, Newell, Cotty, and Sheedy. Right, it was a bit of a drab start to the match. Um <laughs> A very, very strange piece of commentary from the first half suggested that Palace are not able to build up any of their stormtrooper attacks, whatever that means, as um, <laughs> the defences sort of nullified each other. Uh, Martin Keogh nearly scored an own goal, nodding an Andy Gray free kick against his own bar. And then Gray would go off shortly after, after colliding with Nigel Martin. So it was in the second half that all the real action begun, and on 66 minutes... It was a typical Crystal Palace goal. Salako whips in the corner. Eric Young flicks it on at the near post. And there was Jeff Thomas in the middle to head it home. Kev. Kev? Nick. You're not Kev. <laughs> Nick, you were there. I was. <laughs> How did it feel when Jeff Thomas put it home? 
Well, me and Kev were there together, obviously. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm, that I'm was, a professional. I'll, I'll get that, I'll get that. There were some strange things that day. Um, the first goal, obviously, we went absolutely berserk. But the, the really, it was a bit of a weird sensation being inside. Bear in mind, it was the old Wembley Stadium at the time. Um, okay. And there's only... 50-odd thousand, I think it was, 52,000. 52,460. Yeah, and 35,000 of that were Palace fans, okay? Um, It was a bit of a weird sensation being in that ground and their end being half empty and for us go 1-0. I don't really feel that the the Everton team, the Everton fans, Everton as a club really generated that much interest in that game. And it was, it, I think it was borne out by the, um, by the turnout of their crowd. And w- when that first goal went in, they just all looked at each other as if to say, you know, we didn't want to be here in the first place, really. It, it was a fan- it, I remember the goal very well. Uh, it was the, uh, I believe it was from uh, Salako uh, Corner. And uh, away we went. And that was just obviously the start of what ended up being a fantastic day. Right, but the lead didn't last very long. Just three minutes later, goal scorer Jeff Thomas got dis- dispossessed in the middle of the park by Washika. He played a quick one-two. Luckily, the ball rebounded to him through Eric Young's legs, and he slotted the ball past Nigel Martin. Um, right at the back end of the game, it went absolutely <laughs> batshit crazy. Um, Nigel Martin pulled off a brilliant point-blank save from Washika. Um, and then again, just in stoppage time, save from Cotty, before right down the other end, looks to have won it with a last-minute header, but um, Neville Southall brilliantly tipped it over the bar, and then straight down the other end, Dave Watson headed into the side net and missing an absolute sitter. Um, Into extra time, um, it's 101 minutes, six, (laughs) four minutes before half-time, and um, again, it's a bit of a classic Palace goal from this time. Nigel Martin punts the ball the length Oof. of the field. Absolutely, just I just one thing I remember as a kid watching Nigel Martin just being amazed at how far he could kick the ball down the field. It was absolutely ridiculous. Mark Bright gives it a little dummy, falls the Everton defence, and he invites through on goal. And um, Nick, talk us through it. Well, I think it's it's what you see now and what you see then, that was their style. You've got to realise that that team at that time with, you know, Martin, Andy Gray, Salako, Wright and Bright, that was our style in those days. We're playing, obviously these days, a completely different style of football. But, I mean, it was the classic Route 1 and that's exactly what it was. It was the large kick out from Martin, uh, missed by Bright. Okay, you said a dummy, but I think it was more like a miss from Bright. Wright ran onto it with his pace, buried it. Fantastic. We're starting, we're starting to believe at this stage that we're going to win our first bit of silverware. And sadly, so far today, our only bit of silverware. Um, right, and then we move into... Where are we? We're, it's seven minutes from the end now, 130 minutes, and um, the game gets put to bed, really. Eddie McGoldrick cross is flicked on by Mark Bright, and Salad is at the back stick to loop ahead of past the prone Neville Southall. Um, and just a single minute later, another Nigel Martin punt is flicked on by um, Mark Bright, and Ian Wright produces a classic finish with the outside of his boot to leave Neville Southall standing in the goal. And then Jeff goes up to lift the Zenith Cup. 
that was the song that was sung that day. Am I right, Nick? It was, but they're trying to fit the Zenith Data Systems Cup, so it never really worked. <laughs> <laughs> or as um, Doc Brown raps last year, we went, we want more than the Zenith Data Systems Cup. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a hipster trophy, isn't it? Now, uh, Lucy, you um, did your homework today. You watched the whole game back. Obviously, we are both a little bit too young to have been there. So, um, what was your feelings watching the game back? Well, the first half was extremely boring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't I... tell you that deliberately, so you didn't skip through it. <laughs> um, no, I generally watched all of it earlier. Um, but no, the first half was a bit boring. Um, and yeah, it was it was quite, even though I knew what the result was going to be, it was quite exciting to watch. And like, when we scored, I still cheered. <laughs> um, it, was a, it was a good game in sort of the latter minutes. Um, and... I, th- I think the funniest thing that was um, was said was when uh, Martin Keogh got, I think he got an elbow to the face or something. Jeff Thomas. Like, broken broken Jeff, nose, yeah. yeah, Jeff Thomas. And um, he had like blood all like down his face. But the commentator just literally said, he really needs to sort his face out. And I was thinking, yeah, he probably still <laughs> does. <laughs> I was what, talking. Um, the guy, the guy that I went to the game with, said to me today. We were talking about the game, and funny you should say that, Luce, because he said to me, Jeff Thomas did everything in his power to make Martin Keown look better looking. Clearly, it didn't. Work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I asked for some um, memories from people on Twitter earlier, and uh, Ebling underscore J on Twitter immediately went for Neville Southall sulking. So um, was that was that at the end of the game, Nick, or was that yeah um, sitting, sitting at the goalpost, sitting at the goalpost after the match? Because um, you know it wasn't just Martin Keown that got beaten up. Obviously, with his four-one result, he got beaten up as well. Um, <laughs> and it, it really was, it was everything went in our favour that day. From the little flick-ons, you know, for the you know, the double of the size of the crowd to what they had, everything was in our in our favour. And yeah. we need some more luck like that, I think. Mm. Uh, we could have certainly done with that in this May, just gone, but let's not talk mm. about that. Um, Josh Biggs also shared that his memory of the game at five years old, <laughs> oh my goodness, was accidentally chanting seagulls on the Palace bus on the way to Wembley and being sternly told to shut up by his old man and uncle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nick Thompson uh, remembers his nan knitting red and blue woolly hats and scarves for about six of them. Uh, he's saying his son wore one of them to the FA Cup final last season, which is very nice. Uh, Mike Gidley, the Everton end almost deserted as the Stadium of Lights in the 80th minute. Different was Everton never actually turned up. Steve Whiffen, first son being born a day before the final. My mother-in-law asked why I was wearing my Palace shirt to visit the hospital. Great weekend. My son is now 25 years diehard Palace fan. Very nice. Graham yeah. McKay. Main memory was the horrid abuse right he got from the small group of Everton fans in attendance, but he paid them back with a brace. Michael Casey, my dad having to take my sister to the loo just before every goal. I certainly hope her bladder has improved into an adult life. And finally, we have Hambo. You know, he's the um, the bad presenter from the other show. Um, <laughs> being, being able to swear in the presence of my parents because the whole crowd were calling the referee a wanker. Happy days. <laughs> 
Right, so that is our, our memories and your memories of that game against Everton in the Zenith Data Systems final back in 1991. Um, next week, we are playing. Someone remind me quickly. My memory is shot. It's international. Uh, international, international break. It's on to West Ham. So we will be in two weeks' time asking you to vote again. So look out on Twitter and you will have your four choices of classic West Ham matches to choose from. And we will talk about the one that wins the vote. Homestyle Radio, Freeview Podcast, sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Okay, finally, Fanduel time. Um, Loose, you've been having any success on Fanduel? Oh, this week's been dreadful. Like a player does really well one week, you put him in because he's got like he's got loads of points, and then you put him in and he does rubbish. Um, I think that's the beauty of Fangio because it it's it evolves as the weeks evolve. So you know, as your player has a really good week, you can't always rely on him the following week. Much like. Crystal Palace players. <laughs> um, Isn't it? They're like a whole city defender now. He's like one of the most expensive players in the game because his yeah. outputs are just ridiculous. That's why. Of course, Vangel is a, um, a fantasy football type game, but um, you're not tied into your team for the whole season. You can pick a brand new 11 every week. Um, you can play for free or you can actually play for real money. Um, if you decide to play with real money, make sure you sign up with the code Palace. And um, that will give you refund of losing bets up to £10 to your account as another bet. Um, of course, when you're playing with real money, um, you have gambling concerns to be aware of, I guess. So um, make sure you visit gamblerware.co.uk if you feel like mm, you're spending a little bit too much money, perhaps. Right. That is the end of the show. Um Look, I want to say a big thank you and a big well done to Nick there on your first show, mate. Well done. Thank you, Sarah, for being so gentle. <laughs> uh, I, I tried. You won't lose. <laughs> it certainly won't. As I get to know you more, it's just more ammunition to use against you, mate. <laughs> um, Lucy, sorry for sorry for bringing up your toffee X. Hopefully, we'll smash them for you. <laughs> yes, hopefully. <laughs> and as always thank you so much for joining me uh, my ever present guest at the moment on this uh, re- preview version of the podcast of course remember to tune in live from Sunday at 8pm for the review of this Everton match and um, we will be back here in two weeks to preview the West Ham game until then enjoy the enjoy the game against Everton and the international break and we will see you in a couple bye let's talk about the next generation of fantasy football at Fanjul you select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures that means you're not locked in for the whole season you can play watch and win in one day when your players nail it on the pitch you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard Fanjul's scoring system uses Opta stats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution so outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise every Premier 
Premier League match day with FanDuel. And just for Homesdale radio listeners, we've got an extra special offer right now. When you sign up, use the promo code PALACE. That means if you don't make money in your first contest, FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10. So go to fanduel.co.uk and use the promo code PALACE to grab the offer now. What are you waiting for? Terms apply. Over 18s only. Please. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Play responsibly. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.